For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. This episode, we're talking about the need to be great on the internet or creating dope shit. Right, Sandy? (laughs) I was just waiting for you to say that. Yes, we got the idea from Cole Schaefer, who is probably one of my writing heroes, if you will, who I read everything he writes. I love his style. And he recently came out with an article called Dope Shit. And I sent it to Jenny and we were like, we need to talk about this. So this is Mm -hmm. our take on dope shit. Yes. And Cole's website, for those of you that don't want to have to go to the show notes, is called getthesticky.com. And I think like, I definitely think you have an intellectual crush on this man. And I'll just leave it at that. I do. He's extremely like cool. He's just a cool guy. And I think he's worth, it's worth like reading his blog Mm -hmm. and subscribing to his newsletter and following him on Twitter. But I mean, so the reason why I agree and think we should have this podcast episode is because he's he's essentially saying what we also say kind of all the time, but he says it in a way that might connect with some people that other messages don't connect with. And he's basically saying the era of just build it and they will come doesn't exist anymore. And I, I would say maybe it never did, but it did a little bit more than it does now. And so if you want to make something, build a business, for example, or have an artistic career in the world, you have to be doing something that's like genius level or profoundly impactful. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. You have to make something great if you want to get noticed and you want to make a living doing it. Yeah, because it's just a crowded marketplace out there and there's a lot of people doing the same thing and and putting out some really mediocre work and... I think, yeah, to stand out. And I think it's also like when we write blog posts or make podcasts or whatever, we I, it feels to me like we really need to risk, take some risk with saying what we want to say. Like you have to risk the relationship with the audience in order to stand out. Like if yeah. you play it safe, it's not going to be dope shit. Yeah, I love that. 
And you know, this also reminds me, Sandy, that I think it's important to talk about just like the role that AI and AI writing tools are Mm -hmm. playing right now, especially in the online business and content marketing space. Like the big prediction, which we've said before on the show, is that like what the AI tools are doing is displacing all the mediocre writers, right? Like, like the mediocrity or the generic content, like can be written as well, if not better by AI tools. And so like the way that you stand out as a creator and as a content creator on the internet is by doing work that the robot can't do. And like, that's that level of sort of creative genius that is unique. That is not like a robot that's really good at scraping the internet for the last 50 years. Can't can't do better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I'm just scanning his article here and it, it makes me think too, like even you still are going to have to promote and tell people about the great work that you just did. Like just, again, it's like you can create amazing work, but it, they're not just going to come. But if you can start to, pr- you still have to spend some time promoting and becoming visible with that dope shit, right? <laughs> like it's not, again, it's not build it, they will come. It's like build something amazing, tell everyone about it mm-hmm. and then they will come. Yeah. And I would add, be relentless about it. Be like, relentless. Mm-hmm. Like tell people hundreds or thousands of times all the time, even if you get trolly hater comments. You just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Just that just reminds me just as an aside, like we got this comment, I think it was Monday morning, I don't know, whenever. I woke up and I had this like notification that we had this comment on one of our YouTube videos, which is just like an excerpt of this podcast, like a video, like a little video excerpt. And the person was like LMAO like no one's ever heard of you. Like just, it was just like this nasty comment. And then I clicked over and it was like this middle-aged, the photo, which may or may not be this individual of like a middle-aged man with mutton chops and like seven followers for his like Star Wars centric YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, like, you know, the thing is, is I think a lot of us who are like really sensitive and people pleasers, like neglect to promote ourselves as much as we should just because we're either we're afraid of like negative comments or we're afraid of negative attention or whatever. And I think it's just another lesson that you have to make something really important and has to resonate with a certain group of people. And you have to just like talk about it a million times more than you're actually comfortable talking about it. And then just let these, these kind of like nasty comments or, you know, circumstances that don't go your way, just kind of let them go because you have the the bigger goal in mind and you're playing a long game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then I think too, like a lot of people listening to this, I think especially women, have a really hard time believing that their work is of value and of importance and could be really dope. I think that's important to address as well because that can be really shut down for people. Like, well, I don't, I'm not remarkable. My work is normal. Everyone else is saying the same thing. Everyone else is teaching this and we can shut ourselves down and talk our our way out of doing the work because of what we believe about Mm -hmm. it. So what is the answer, Miss Mindset Coach, on how to change that? Like for someone, like how do you how do you flip the switch so that you start to see yourself as remarkable or is that not the strategy? Well, I think like it's just 
we get to define that. Like, I think if someone came to us and said, I don't think I can create remarkable work, I would say, how do you define remarkable work? Right? Like we say that as if there's some bar that we, or like, you need to get 90 out of a hundred and that's remarkable. Like Mm -hmm. what does remarkable mean to you? And I think even for you and I, that probably is very different. So I would start by defining that. And the other thing is, I think that it takes time. I think you just sort of are on a remarkable curve upward, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't, I don't know that you, we can, and maybe you'll, you'll not agree with this, but I don't know if we can start out remarkable. Maybe we can start out a couple, you know, levels below remarkable, but if we don't ever start, then we never will be remarkable, right? So mm-hmm. what is it like your level of remarkable today in the beginning stages may be totally different than what it is in a year from now? Yes. Like to me though, I believe you have to be able to see yourself as being remarkable or having the possibility of becoming remarkable. Like I think- possibility, yeah. Yeah. I think you have to be able to be like, okay, I'm a beginner, but after I do this a hundred times, I'm going to be like one of the best people in the world at this or a thousand times or whatever it is. And like, I'm just thinking about, okay, I have not thrown pottery on a pottery wheel since high school. One day I want to have a kiln and a pottery wheel in my life again. And I'm sure when that happens, I will be terrible. But I also know that if I do that every day and I go out after dinner and I throw, you know, mugs on and like I get good experimenting with glazes that in like three years, I'll be phenomenal at pottery. Like I, I like I think that it's that sense of self of knowing who you are and what you're capable of on some deep internal level. So so I think it's like the combination of like committing to the process of getting good at something, but also like believing that if you do that, that there's something inside of you that will be amazing that comes out on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. I think that's a really great example to compare to. And I just... I'm afraid by some of this language that people won't even start. And so just to to say that, like, do you even believe that you can be remarkable six months, a year from now? Like that is worth trying. And again, like your remarkable pottery may be a potter's like worst nightmare, right? (laughs) Like it it may, it's, it's just such a relative term. So I think that's important to take. Like, remarkable or dope shit doesn't mean that every single person in the world thinks you are like the best in the world. It's just a a few of those quintessential clients think that you're amazing. And, but it all starts, I agree that you have to believe you have to start with the self-concept that I am on my way or I am practicing Mm -hmm. being amazing or being remarkable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And on some level, seeing yourself intrinsically that way. Like, I think like, I don't, I don't know. As a creator, you have to also be able to operate outside of the bounds of other people's like value, putting mm-hmm. putting value yes. on you and their yes. approval, right? Like that's the difference I think between entrepreneur slash creator and everyone else, which is like other people have so many external signals to give them, to help them understand where they fit in the scheme of things. Like, and we have to, I mean, we have audiences and we have sales and we have some metrics, but like ultimately there's a whole period in a tunnel of darkness when we first start something 
a new business, a new project, whatever, where like none of those external signals are there. And we have that has to be intrinsically motivated. Like I know I'm capable of this because I'm going to get through this tunnel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is super hard for women because their whole entire life has been based on external signals. Right. So that beginning phase for women is just very, very difficult and high quitting rate because they're not getting those signals and they just, they don't even know how to, you know, do that for themselves. But that is the most important learning. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and I, I think we need a lot more conversation and education around how to do that. I don't have, I feel like this skill to teach anyone how to do that, but I think that that to me is the key and mm-hmm. I would credit that skill with all of the six, any success that I've had is that exact skill. And so mm-hmm. I feel really grateful, <laughs> lucky to yeah, have but that it's, particular That's skill. part of, that's wrapped up with people pleasing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we see it in our coaching, even on Marvelous, yeah. like anyone yeah. who's doing it, like, do you think this is right? Do you think this is yeah. good? Is our 19 videos good enough? Like it's always- Is this the right price? Is this the right price? Am I yeah. doing this right? Like, it's yeah. like, tell me, you tell me that I'm doing it right. And I think to witness yeah. that in yourself, like- you know your audience, you know your work, you know yourself or are discovering. And what if you just trusted that? You know, like what if, because there isn't, a, a, in that example, there isn't a perfect way to do it, the right way to do it. You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard, and overwhelming. We know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a program that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience of raving fans that can turn into paying clients. And side bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. Right. Yeah. And in fact, like maybe the magic is that you don't have a roadmap mm-hmm. or like a clear way mm-hmm. to like you're you're making it up as you go which is where innovation happens and new discovery happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And then like another thing on this topic that I think is important to discuss is really just that we as creators like I think if we think of ourselves as making something amazing, it's also far more motivating than think about thinking about mm-hmm. making something half-assed. Like I don't want to go get up and go sit at my desk and make something mediocre. Like that's not motivating to me at all. So if I think of myself as going to sit down and make dope shit or something remarkable, like that is so much more inspiring and motivating to do. And I think like the output just by thinking that way will be different than like, oh, I'm going to go trudge through. I have these five tasks on my list. Like it's a different way of operating in the world and in your business. So I also think that that might help some people. Like if you, it's almost like people that do affirmations or, you know, like it really does change something. Mm -hmm. Like you start to think about the whole thing differently. It's the same reason why like you and I both want to have a really nice workspace. <laughs> like I think we both always like, cause you want to come to work and have it be this like pleasant, uplifting experience. And I think the same thing needs to happen in your mind. Like you need to like, t- like make your mind a nice, pleasant, uplifting, inspired place from which to do your work. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yes. And that works for you. And I just want to like one thought, like I want to make something remarkable can inspire one person and can shut down another person. So I think the message like that inspires you. It doesn't so much for me. It's it's like, I don't think my, my next thought is I don't think I can do it. So I have Uh to figure out what is it that makes me feel excited and motivated and like, the desire to sit down and work. And it's, for me, honestly, it's not like I'm going to make something remarkable. It just like, I have to flip it around. It's not about me. It's about the person that I'm writing to in in that, in like, if I'm writing a, whatever, a tweet or something, anything on social media or blog post, I have to think about them. And like, I want to write the best for them. And that will get me going versus like, I'm going to self-judge my work as remarkable. It's like, I, I, nope. So it just, all that to say, like the thought that Jenny shared is her thought for motivation. We need to find our own thoughts and our own way of thinking to sit down and do something really remarkable. And we're not going to just do throwaway work, which reminds me, I just watched this thing on Netflix yesterday about throwaway furniture and Ikea. Yeah. And it's like, it's a Netflix series called Broken. And the third episode is about Ikea and Ikea furniture and throwaway furniture culture. And oh it's God. so good. So it, that's okay. an interesting <laughs> thing to yeah. think about is if we're just like cranking out content, like throwaway content, you know, like yeah. just fast, easy, get it done, check it off the list. Like maybe it's less content, but better content, you know, that is like the furniture that will last forever <laughs> versus the throwaway desk that will last nine months and it ends up in the landfill, right? Yeah. I definitely, I definitely broke an Ikea bed in graduate school and I, it was very traumatic for me and I will never, ever be okay with getting an Ikea bed ever again, mm-hmm. even if they make them better, which nope. I doubt they do. Nope. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's really a good series anyway. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Like who wants to do throwaway work anyway? I think that's the other thing is like, Especially not, I mean, I, as an employee, wouldn't want to do that. But it like also as an entrepreneur, this is your work. Like this is yours. Like you, this is your space. This Mm -hmm. is what you own. This is your like universe you're creating in your business. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's a huge motivation, I think, to like, just not want to create crap. Like I just like, why, why would you want to do that? I mean, you've got to be able to produce value in the world as an entrepreneur so that you can pay yourself. And so producing crap is usually not the way to do that. Yeah. And I think that's part of why we left Instagram, right? Is it just felt like crap to us. It felt like, (laughs) and I know like it's all kind of throwaway slash ephemeral, like it all just kind of, but I go back because I, you know, we've been removed there and I, I go back and I just like, I don't, it's all throwaway work to me, like most of it, you know, and it's just, there's a few people that I find interesting and valuable, but, and it's usually the visual things, like actual things that I want to like look at on video versus, you know, all the nonsense. So that is, so switching from Instagram to Twitter has really made me feel like I want to say something of meaning. It's not just like Wednesday, I got to crank out some real or Just like buy a of packet of, of like graphic templates and <laughs> like modify them to meet your brand aesthetic and then find some quotes somewhere. I yeah. mean, I just, yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly like there's a lot of crap work on social media in general. That's a good place to go and look for like what you don't want out of life mm-hmm. <laughs> is like the practice of making just like semi-generic 
graphic posts or something or or like reels using reels templates and trending audio. Yep. Crap work. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of crap work. Okay. Well, I just feel like we should read a couple of of the actual words that Cole wrote in this essay, Sandy, because I think there are, I think, I mean, I hope it's okay that we do that with him, but I'm sure he doesn't care we'll at all. Him. Mm-hmm. We are crediting him and he seems like he doesn't give a shit about a lot of things. So <laughs> here's what he says. He says, I think the only way for anyone to stand out these days is to focus all of their time, attention, and creativity on really doing dope shit and then sharing said dope shit with the world. Dope shit isn't a 17-part tweet thread copy and pasted from Wikipedia. Dope shit isn't a 30-second cover of a song you can't play from start to finish. Dope shit isn't another thought leadership post ripped off Seth Godin's blog. (laughs) Dope shit is original art books, essays, creations, projects, inventions, albums, and paintings that require you to do the hard hands-in-the-dirt work of stumbling your way towards mastery in your respective vocation. So I think like that's pretty profound Mm -hmm. yeah, and pretty much true. (laughs) And I would just disagree with one thing there where he says like you need to spend all of your time and I think like the amount of time is not as important as like the quality of the of the work you produce in that time. So for some people to ma- to have like mastery or genius level work, it does require a lot of time. And some of us, we've invested, you know, tens of thousands of hours already. And many, many of you listening have done that, right? So it's not like, it's like one of those things where you have developed a level of expertise and craft. Once you have that like your output is not necessarily tied to the amount of hours you put into making it because you've like kind of Mm -hmm. built in that skill into your like being at this point. So I just will push back and, you know, you and I are both moms and like women who value our time and our freedom. And I would, I don't think that you need to be like grinding 80 hours a week to be successful Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur at all. In fact, have seen lots of examples of where that is not the case. So that's the only yep. thing that I would kind of push back on. But he's like a, an artist. Yes. And so I'm like, don't know his world. And maybe yes. in that world, you need to you need to be like 80 hours a week with your paintbrush and like a bottle of gin in your other hand. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he's a copywriter, right? So yeah. he writes all the time. Yeah. So literally all his time is spent writing. He does yeah. like professional copywriting. He wrote The Last Crumb, all the cookie descriptions for The Last Crumb, which are worth going over and... Uh, reading. So I think what's so fascinating about Cole is like, he is a really like genius level, um, a commercial copywriter, but also like his deep thinking that he shows on his newsletter side, like pieces like this. So he literally is sitting at his desk thinking and writing all of the time. So, and maybe doing like, just like a little bit of, of like hard drugs on the side. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) which he alludes to in this, in this article. And then let's just wrap up with his final line. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of arriving at the end of each day feeling like a fucking failure. So I've decided I'm playing a different game. And I think like that thought right there is like, okay, I'm going to approach this different. Like I'm tired of feeling like it's not going to work. And I'm sort of putting out there just doing work for the sake of doing work. Mm -hmm. Like, let me play a different game. From here on out, it's dope shit only. Yeah. Yeah. Which is available to all of us at any moment. Like just a reminder. Yeah. 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 I love it. Okay. Okay, So we'll make this the, the article by Cole is the hustle. So that's get to the sticky.com slash 
P slash dope. We'll put a link in the show notes, or you can just Google that dope shit by Cole Schaefer. That will come up. It's also, he also puts his essays on Twitter. If you're on there, he puts the whole thing on there and has uh, joy, Jenny. Yeah. So I have just kind of a light, happy joy. I have been trying in the evenings and on the weekends to read more novels and fiction, poetry, just non work-related nonfiction business books. And I I like have periods of time where I, I like do a good job or a better job at this. And I was able to read Tom Lake recently by Ann Patchett, which is just like a very popular raved about novel. If you like if you like her work, I highly recommend it. But it's also just it was just like a really powerful book. It was great. It's pretty easy, light to read, but also like deeply moving. And it's like, it's, it's a lot of flashbacks, but like a big part of it is set during the pandemic. And I'm, it's just like, it was the first novel that I read that was like actually taking place during the pandemic, which I I bet we're going to see a lot of that Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And so that was like really interesting. I was like, you lived through it. It's like, yeah, because because we lived through it Mm -hmm. and just like, to read this like, work of fiction, but but it was like by the time you get to the the juice of the pandemic, like you're really into the story, and so to just to see this family's experience going through the pandemic, it was really great. So, highly recommended if you like novels and you haven't read it yet. What's it Tom called? Lake. Tom, Tom Lake. Tom Lake. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. It's a good one. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jenny. All right. Thank you, Sandy. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.